There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Before I begin this episode, I have an announcement that's going to help you with your own mental health and emotional well-being. We've just launched our very own Patreon where you can support us for as little as $3 a month. And in exchange, you'll get a bonus episode every week. You'll get annotated episode notes, live video discussions and Q&As with me and Flex personally. You'll also get access to a group chat where you can have direct access to me and Flex and the rest of the community where you can ask us questions, just send us memes, have a laugh, just come to us for advice, mentorship, all the things. Not to mention, you can also be a guest on a Bobo and Flex episode if you become a patron, as well as just getting free stuff, giveaways, 24 priority on purchasing merchandise and live events. Woo! You can get all of that and more. Just head over to patreon.com slash Bobo and Flex. Because making a podcast is low-key expensive and very time-consuming, so your support will really help us bring you more shit like going on tour, bringing you live events, giving you tools, resources, merchandise, and just helping you look cute in your day-to-day life and helping you level up because that's what we're here to do. On top of that, we also have a new Facebook group. Just head over to facebook.com slash groups slash Bobo and Flex, but I will link it in the description box below, where we have a community of human beings and we're all having chats, we're getting to know each other, we're making friends because it's hard. Like making friends as an adult is wild. So head over to patreon.com slash Bobo and Flex. And then once you've done that and you have become a Patreon, head over to facebook.com slash groups slash Bobo and Flex. And I'll see you there. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome, bitches, to another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. (laughs) It's your favorite aunties. My name is Bobo and I'm your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex, also known as Flex Mommy. We're talking about mental health today. I just think a lot of people have been asking us to discuss mental health and we've touched on it briefly. But we're now in a space where we're both exploring therapy. So we just want to like give a deep dive into that, you know, our journey with mental health, our journey with like therapy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Flex, you just recently tried Talkspace. Yeah. How was that for you? And like, why? Uh, Talkspace was interesting. For those who don't know, Talkspace is like an online therapy company. Essentially, you can get the perks of in real life therapy online. You can chat to different licensed therapists through your phone. It's meant to be super awesome and super easy. And granted, it is. It wasn't. It was an okay experience for me. I think what I found to be really interesting is this emphasis on being a better person. 
as I go on this journey of being a more self-actualized person, all the greats encourage you to critically think that I do, to develop yourself that I do, to analyze your behavior that I do. But there's been a lot of rhetoric on the internet that everybody needs therapy. It's in all the memes, all the Twitter threads, all the think pieces. Everybody needs therapy. If someone's displaying, you know, less than savory behavior, they need therapy. And so, granted, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, that person needs therapy. So, granted, I don't Word. have depression or anxiety, and those are usually quite common jumping off points for therapy. I assume that, like everybody, I need to unpack my shit. But the problem with going to therapy when you don't have something to fix is that you aren't fixing anything. So you end up having more questions (laughs) and solutions. I think that you don't, what people don't prepare you for is that you need to build a relationship with your therapist. You need to build rapport. They need context for your behavior. You're essentially paying a premium to make someone get to know you, which can be really expensive and really counterproductive. I personally found that because I wasn't coming in with any problems per se, that I would develop issues or try to over-enthuse my problems so it didn't seem like I was wasting their time on my own. I definitely found it to be just really confusing. Like, they didn't know what I wanted, I didn't know what I wanted, and so it was just two people kind of like throwing throwing out some some options to see if that would potentially help your perceived problem that you don't know you have. So, yeah, I mean, it was fine. I learned some things about myself. I learned that I have a preoccupation with burdens. I learned that I had a preoccupation with wasted time. What does that mean? Well, essentially that I find that I feel like a lot of people burden me. I feel like I burden a lot of people. It's just because I view a lot of relationships as transactional. So I find it hard to ask for help. I don't want my time to be wasted. I think that time is finite. I put a value on everything. I don't do anything unless it has value to me. And I think that everybody thinks the same. So it ends up being this like unnecessarily competitive way of existing where I worry that everybody has an agenda and some people just don't. Uh, (laughs) I look at, I look at like, you know, um, I can justify why, why people behave in like an egocentric narcissistic way sooner than I can justify why somebody would behave in an altruistic way. All these things. Wow. So I think we're like exact opposites we, in that way. We actually That's are. so interesting. So I just think that I'm very oh mindful of people. And when people don't have the space to let me know what they think or why they think it, the narrative I make up is always going to be negative. <laughs> like they're secret keeping, they're yeah. hiding. Because <laughs> I'm like an oversharer. Not, not, I don't know if I'm an oversharer. I just think I'm a bit... Um, brash and I, I don't yeah I'm quite happy to tell people about myself so when people don't behave in that way I'm like they've got to be hiding so yeah therapy definitely taught me that but also I taught me that so um <laughs> and was that worth like however many thousands of dollars by having this like monthly subscription I don't know what are your thoughts yeah, with therapy it's... I know that we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago how you said that generally you find that you are managing you feel like you'd be managing a therapist if you had one So I've recently decided to get therapy. So my first session is going to be this week. Um, I I spoke to, I found a black therapist because (laughs) I feel like I need a black therapist. I don't want to be educating. No. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. More than I am just being descriptive about my life. My concerns about therapy are like, I think I have a very specific, um, and somewhat odd upbringing 
as far as like culturally, it's very specific and strange. Um, and there's like cultural nuances that I don't necessarily feel like a white person would understand. So there's that concern. And then my other concern is that I spend so much time being introspective mm. and um, just critically thinking and like critically analyzing myself and the world around me that I'm not entirely sure a therapist would have any idea like what the fuck I'm even talking about <laughs> or <laughs> or that a therapist could understand me better than I could understand myself yeah and then I'm also a human being who's really curious about other people and like I I'm very prone to like nurture people unnecessarily and so i feel like i could very quickly be the bitch or like wasting my own therapy sessions by being like oh so how are you feeling <laughs> i hope i'm not <laughs> wait so that was so rude of me i didn't ask how are you <laughs> <laughs> you tried it <laughs> that's literally me <laughs> so I mean I had a call with my therapist beforehand just so that she can like get to know me and get to know like what I'm looking to get out of it so yeah that's the the process is that you find a person you email back and forth you set up a call or at least that's been the process for me we set up a call and we talk about like what it is I'm trying to get out of this. What are some issues that I'm facing? This and this and that. And I realized within that call, I spent like a little too much time, <laughs> a little too much time just being like, yeah, so how are you feeling? Or just being like, I hope I'm not burdening you like mm. with my problems, like I don't want to depress you, but this and this and that. Yeah, and just being like, okay, so like, are you prepared to go get into the, you know? So I feel like I'm like prone to being my therapist, therapist, mm. therapist. Um, and I don't know how to not do that. I guess you'll learn. I think I'll have to. And I also think it'll, because I struggle with, letting people help me mm -hmm. or like asking for help and I think this will be like a really good way to just let myself receive because I'm paying someone like I'll just have to keep reminding myself no no, no I'm paying this person it's okay if I just talk and talk and like burden them like it's actually fine it's very interesting so, yeah what are your thoughts on the notion that everyone needs therapy do you feel like it actually is everyone do you feel like it's cultural i do believe that every single black person needs therapy mm -hmm. i don't know about everyone because i feel <laughs> like <laughs> no i feel like generational trauma that shit gets passed down through molecular memory mm. and which black person doesn't have ancestors who were colonized enslaved oppressed this and this and that like i just think there's trauma embedded in all of us physically mm. and emotionally and etc and then there's just also like being black is an extreme sport <laughs> so we just all need therapy you said <laughs> being black is like an extreme sport i'm an athlete bitch. <laughs> i don't know i think that therapy has become a euphemism for everybody needs to take some time out to critically think self-analyze self-critique mm. self-evaluate 
you know what I mean? Like therapy is just the easier word to say, but I don't think those two are mutually exclusive. And so I think everybody, not everybody, I think a lot of people have decided to forego the natural way of developing yourself into a better person and then running to a therapist to do it for them. A lot of the activity that I was made to do in the early stages of therapy, I had done for myself. So looking Mm, at like your stress indicators, looking at your stress indicators, analyzing whether or not you were expressing angst, like anxious or depressive tendencies more often than not, evaluating how much time you spent, you know, with your friends by yourself, evaluating how you felt in social situations. These are all things that I'm constantly doing. So I'm kind of like, wow, is this therapy 101? This doesn't feel enough I'm not getting my money's worth but granted when I was engaging in therapy I told my therapist that I wanted to use it to um to be more mindful to manage stress to just um I guess perfect my outlook on the world just like some mental shit and apparently you don't need therapy for that shit (laughs) like um (laughs) a friend of mine Ashna was saying that she did academic research and online therapy and that if someone is looking to like learn skills to cope with stress or engage with mindfulness or to cope with depression or anxiety, but you can't or you don't want to use therapy, you can just use um, internet cognitive, cognitive, be, be, why can't I say this word? Internet CBT, cognitive behavior mm. therapy. That's Bitch, something you can use. Uh, it's like a type of psychotherapy that helps you change unhelpful or, un- or unhealthy habits of thinking, um, changes mm. like unhealthy ways of feeling or behaving. So that uses like practical self-help strategies, which are designed to help you affect positive and immediate change. That's what most people need. It's it's like we talked about in the other mental health episode, this commodification of mental health issues has made everyone quick to um, ascribe to having a mental health issue, but not quick to really unpack what they're ascribing themselves to. So a lot of us feel anxious but don't have anxiety. A lot of us can have depressive episodes but not have depression. You know, nobody's doing their right. Googles in that respect. And so um, maybe doing Googles to see if you need therapy is a good first step. Because a lot of us develop mm. anxiety and depressive, like, state over thinking that something's wrong with us because we don't know how to manage our stress or we don't know how to manage these, like, this habitual way I of thinking about to say when that. really like, we just haven't learned practical to- tools to manage that shit. Not that we're like broken or we are yeah, broken. And also, <laughs> also like not only have we not learned tools to develop our minds and in, in ways that are healthy. I also think a lot of us and I'm dragging myself as well. <laughs> a lot of us have not set up our lives to be conducive to our mental health. Wow. Um, and that could be something as simple as like, actually, I guess this is not simple, but the city that you live in. Yeah. I think like, so before we even started this, this recording, we were talking about how the West is a slum. Yeah. And I fully agree with that because every time I go home, so when I go home and I go to the village or whatever it is. I have never seen people who are more healthy, like mentally and emotionally sane and healthy and centered and balanced. And they don't live like lavish lives, but they have clean air. They have fresh food. Mm. Like they have friends, they have family, they have community. They don't have social media. 
Whereas I think there's something very unnatural about living in a big city. Everyone is living on top of each other like rats. <laughs> there's just pollution everywhere. It's loud as fuck. All the food it has chemicals in it. The water is like trash. If you're a person of color, you're affronted with racism all the time. This is like we've set up society in so many ways, in a way that's just not conducive to anyone's mental well-being. And so it's also really important to think about where you're living and whether it's conducive to your mental well-being. Like, should you be living in London where it's raining all the time when you struggle with seasonal affective disorder? Or should you move to somewhere that's warmer, you know? Mm, that's heavy. But it's true. Every time I go to a developing country, I'm just like, wow, okay, this is how, <laughs> this is how the rest of the world is living stressing less, not worrying <laughs> about materialistic things. They're eating when they want to, they're sleeping when they want to, they're working, they understand the value of contributing to society. Just minor things. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. I don't know, it's bizarre. Like they've really figured it out. Mm. Yeah, like what? at what price does quality of life come with? And like the highest suicide rates are the most developed country. And I hate the term developed country. Yeah, because but it's very racist. You know. But the highest suicide rates, mm -hmm. it's Tokyo, it's London, it's New York. I mean, why do we continue to do this to ourselves? The stats don't lie. But I, we can just say that the majority of us, ourselves included, are just on this journey to self-actualization. And breaching the top means that we'd have to 180 on who we are as people. So much of my mm. identity is in is rooted in capitalism. So who would I be <laughs> if I opted out? I'm not even ready to know. Um, I know, right? But whatever. Like, I'm trash. It's fine. Um, but I was thinking about the whole therapy thing. And the experience, like, it reminded me, not reminded me, but it, it made me feel like... Going to therapy for me was like knowing that I had a huge gaping open flesh wound and sitting in the emergency room and just chatting to a doctor, but not actually getting yeah. the help. So like the doctor was like, hey, tell me what's up. Like, oh, I've got a gaping flesh wound. It's bleeding at the moment. Oh, how's it feel? Yeah, not great. Okay. Do you have any like, you know, methods of, that you want to like put in place to, to get it fixed? I'm not really sure. Do you have anything in mind? Well, I don't know. What do you think you'd want to do in this situation? Maybe get it fixed? Really? It was back and forth because in my experience, a therapist, and I had three different therapists over like a, a year period, they never actually told me to do anything. It was more so like, well, how would you handle that in a better situation? Do you feel that there's a different way you would want to do that? Oh, so you, you're describing that you're feeling a bit uneasy in these situations. How would you just, would you say that's stress? Would you say it was very much like letting me come to these conclusions on my own, which could be yeah. helpful if I didn't do all that thinking generally. So it's like I've come to a point where I don't know how I should be behaving because I think we're always trying to find this this feeling of like what feels right, what feels correct, what feels good. And there is no one size fits all answer. And I think they're just trying to remind us that. So yeah, just as I'm sitting here in this ER with an open, open flesh wound and someone's just telling me to talk them through how I feel. That's what therapy felt like for me. <laughs> okay, wow. That's really good to know because <laughs> I'm sort of expecting answers. No, I don't I think like legally I they can tell so you what mad. to do. <laughs> 
They're supposed to help you evaluate and help give you strategies so you can identify when you're feeling certain ways and so you can give yourself tools to change things. I think the idea is that if they tell you what to do, you're going to rely on them to be the source of all to be like the the answer to all your problems and that's not really realistic because if your therapist leaves you then you fall back into um bad habits oh i see you know well in that case okay but i was expecting to go to therapy and them to be like here are some coping mechanisms (laughs) that have been thoroughly tested try these different ones but okay in that case if it's more of a conversation Mm what is the benefit of therapy over like spirituality like why go to therapy when i could go to church when i could go to like a buddhist um what do you call it temple a buddhist yeah a buddhist temple and meditate for four hours i think it's the idea that you know generally there is like a uh uh, what do you call that? There's like a central way that can help everybody achieve solutions to their problems, but you just need to change the vehicle for different people. So maybe like the mm. principles of spirituality and religion and therapy have like an intersection, but the vehicle might not be the best for someone. And I think like, yeah. you know, generally what anybody's talking about in therapy or like different forms of self-development is that your behavior informs your thoughts, your <clears throat> thoughts informs your feelings, your feelings inform your behavior and the cycle continues. So if you can't analyze your behavior, your thoughts or your feelings in like a critical almost objective way then you're never going to be able to help yourself and I think that's what therapy helps you do like it helps you identify you know negative or detrimental behaviors lets you identify negative or detrimental thoughts and vice versa and then from there you just kind of learn some shit interesting okay and I maybe just people have harder times getting to those like unpacking that on their own and so they might need somebody and obviously like we all have blind spots you know to our own behavior and blind spots and biases and all these things that might inhibit our ability to look at ourselves critically and somebody from an external lens might ask you that and that's why people are always saying when they go to therapy like and then they started asking about my mum, but I was talking about my boyfriend why'd they do that they're just trying to make you like let you see that everything's like interconnected in a really interesting way but granted it's yeah. almost like I do see the benefits of therapy, but I would rec I would I'm not recommending, I take it back. But I find found that in my experience, if I had a problem, it'd be much easier to get to the root of it and get a solution. Because for me, I I think I would have done like twelve different sessions of just trying to like let somebody get to know me. What explain to them what it is yeah. I do, what are my stresses, who's that friend, why do I do it, blah blah blah. Just like literally teaching someone about me and i was like well damn like i don't want to i don't want to get to know you nadine (laughs) i don't care what you think about me many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, <laughs> shit like that. I was like, yeah. what is this? So interesting. I just think that, yeah, you know, I think I talked about it 
um in an episode we did recently where everyone likes to role play what it is to develop themselves as a person so like you get kudos mm. and pats on the back when you say i'm gonna go try out therapy <laughs> like i'm gonna do something better for myself <laughs> where if you could invest a hundred dollars of your time so like let's say minimum wage 20 bucks an hour maybe less in america spend that many hours like doing googles about your like negative thoughts and your behaviors and your coping mechanisms like i'm sure you'll learn a thing or two and i'm not saying google is a substitute for therapy but a lot of you a lot of us a lot of people don't do any like critical self-analysis and that's why i think that therapy feels like such a revelation for a lot of people because you haven't given yourself space to analyze yourself in that way ever before or you've only done it in really like um uh, sort of like desperate times. Question for you yeah. on that note of critical thinking. Have you discovered ways that you self-sabotage your own mental health? Absolutely. I think, yeah, I remember do you do to ruin your own life? <laughs> on one of my um, reflex cards, I posed the question, um, what, is, <laughs> what is one thing you could do today that would change your life for the better and why haven't you done it and my fatal flaw is that i refuse to build habits good habits that i know are good for me i don't know why (laughs) but like things like drinking water exercising making sure i go for a walk making sure i get outside i know that i feel better when i do these things but i do not do them and i cannot figure out why Wow. Is but it because I, I you mean, maybe prioritize comfort over progress? It's, it's prioritizing comfort, but I think there are a lot of spaces where I'd be where I'd be where I'd inflict discomfort for the result. For me, I'm very results and rewards oriented. And a lot of the things that I prioritize give me instant gratification. And so I can see oh. the immediate reward. Whereas something like, you know, getting out of the house and getting some fresh air. It's intuitive. It feels good. It's qualitative, but I can't quantify the results. So it feels less valuable to me. Like I want, and I, I work well when I'm in situations where someone else can validate me for the work that I'm doing. And nobody's going to validate me for drinking water, but they're going to validate me for spending 12 hours doing work, you know? So that for me, it's very much like I'm relying on external validation to um, prioritize and um, create a hierarchy for what I find important or what I will create time to do. So, like, the things that are priorities to me are, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, immediate, are things that will give me immediate gratification and things that are lower priority, like playing with clay and, like, taking time out to, like, read are low priority because those things are self-serving and insular and nobody giving me validation right. for them is going to make me feel better or worse. It's very interesting. So like, wow, but that I did that outside of therapy and I know and I CBT or internet CBT is something that I'm looking into after Ashton suggested it to me, because these are things that I can already identify as being um, detrimental habits of mine. Now I just need to know how to change them. But do you feel like you have any mental health struggles? Um, yes. Yeah, obviously I do, but they, they're, all quite um they all stem from an external source so like yeah work affects my mental health negatively or like certain relationships affect my mental health negatively but when I'm alone in my own space without uh influence from the outside world I'm always fine (laughs) 
So that's why I'm very reluctant to be like, I'm going to do this and this because I'm depressed. It's like, well, no, of course you're depressed when you spent like 14 consecutive days working 14 hours and not spending any time to socialize. Like, yeah, you're going to feel depressed. Yeah. But also I'm... Oh, I see. I obviously being raised by like very, um, very African parents who are very much like, what do you mean you're feeling depressed? Go for a walk type thing. (laughs) Obviously now, like, they're much more progressive and, like, my mum's got depression, my brother's got depression, like, they're, they're all across it. They go to therapy and all that shit. But I think it's, like, I personally am very weary of rushing to diagnose myself with things because I know that in Western society there's value in us all being sick and unwell and not to Ooh, and not to I think, was literally you know what I mean? and not to devalue those people who identify as being mentally un- unwell like we all know it's a chemical imbalance we all know you can't force or stop that shit on your own but yeah. I definitely think there are there are ways in which society is built and framed for us to, to push us further into these habits like oh absolutely working 50 hours a week or 40 hours is never going to be conducive to you feeling like a 110 percent aligned person of course you're going to mm-hmm. like spiral further into depression and further into anxiety you know when you spend more time working than you do sleeping like yeah so yeah it's shit like that that i'm just kind of like you need to re as you said reevaluate your spaces and see if that affects yeah, but not everyone has that, that privilege live. so i get that but again, it's not my fault. Not everyone has that privilege. It's a, it's a society we like we're built into. Like opting out feels like you're doing some sort of like radical act. I mean, if you told and it's really not at all. No, I mean, if you told people if you moved like an hour out of the city, you'd improve your mental health by fifty percent. I'm sure people would fight you. <laughs> <laughs> Just say you don't want to opt out of capitalism and go. <laughs> no, honestly, I honestly think that homeless people are the only sane people out here. And I mean, okay, let me reframe I'm waiting for this one. I'm waiting. (laughs) She really said. Let me reframe that. So people who have, by choice, Mm -hmm. people who have opted out, not by force, but by choice, because they've seen through it. So in other words, I remember um, I used to live in LA because that's where I did my undergrad. And the airport shuttle that like took there's like an airport shut airport shuttle from the school to the airport and the guy driving us was telling me that he used to go to usc which is like a really prestigious school um he was an engineer he you know worked like a six-figure job like did all the things and then decided you know what like i just want to be a bus driver because actually i want to be happy Mm. And I honestly feel, and there's also, there was this homeless person I met once who used to be an accountant. I'm always talking to randoms, by the way. It's my favorite (laughs) thing to do. Um, This homeless person who used to be an accountant who decided that actually he just doesn't want to participate. And he lives in LA anyway. He's just going to like live on the beach in Venice and like not have a house and just have his homies. And just, like, live that way. Mm. Like, eat from scraps and, I don't know, however he structured his life. And I just thought, honestly, that makes so much more sense than whatever the fuck the rest of us are doing. But I just think, like, there are more people than we'd like to believe who would prefer to just live on a hut in a beach or, like, somewhere in a mountain 
um, as opposed to like participating in the rat race. But so many of us can't even imagine no. what that looks like that we've forgotten that we have free will and here we are intentionally ruining and self-sabotaging our mental health. Yeah. Or even seeing how, um, you know, living off the grid or whatever, like living outside of these like bustling metropolises, seeing the way that's framed isn't something you want to opt into because every the way to judge, like, oh my God, you're going to opt out. Like you must be one of those creative types has no value for blah, blah, blah. And oh my God, what are you going to do? And how are you going to blah, blah, blah. And it just feels like you're fighting everyone to do that. Yeah. Or like you're, or like you're trying to, um, like you're trying to make a point you know it can't just be because you prefer not to stress for every day of your life like just think about our lives now 25 like talking about being depressed or being anxious or being stressed and we live such privileged lives like is it gonna get better than this or do we just like get broken down until we don't even know how to acknowledge that we're unhappy anymore (laughs) like oh yeah how bad does it need to get before we're like okay we need to bounce (laughs) No, honestly, I mean, I'll speak for myself personally. I've been doing so much self-reflection on my desires and like what it is Mm. that I actually want from this life because particularly over the past year, I've been struggling a lot with like depressive episodes and it makes me definitely like reevaluate why I live the way I do and like why I'm pursuing the things I want to pursue Mm. and one of the things that made me realize is that I had a very like false desire for fame Mm. like one thing I thought I always wanted more than anything was fame but in reality what I actually wanted was like a good circle like just a good set of friends But the thing with being a human being is that we're so ill-equipped, ill-equipped to understanding our mental needs and to understanding what it is exactly that'll make us happy, that we so often settle for symbols of happiness instead of like actually interrogating what it is at its core that we're looking for. So you might be looking for friendship and instead be pursuing fame because you think um, external validation will give you the same uh the same sort of stimuli that just having a good set of friends will and that's a huge thing that i feel like contributes to everyone's deteriorating mental health just the fact that we go to school which is absolutely useless and Mm -hmm. we learn absolutely nothing of benefit Mm -hmm. and then we leave school having no idea who we are Mm -hmm. and like what we're supposed to do in this world and then we're like shook when we're depressed because we're pursuing things that we don't actually want anyway. Mm. And it just makes no like nothing about the society that we've set up makes any sense at all. It blows my mind. And then that and then that coupled with this like pressure to be extraordinary, to make a change, mm-hmm. to have purpose, to you know leave the world better than you came into it, to be altruistic, do good to your neighbor, not be a shit person, not give in to your base desires, don't be primal, like all this pressure and for what? (laughs) (laughs) To die earlier than you intended? (laughs) (laughs) 
And for what? That is truly the tea. But also, I, I keep thinking about, you know, what is the consequence? Like, at, on a fundamental level, if we were going to opt out of all these different um, markers of success that we had set up for ourselves, whether it be having a lot of money or um, recognition or whatever you want, like whatever you aspire to have, like, what if we yeah. couldn't get those things? How how like how worse off would we be like have we catastrophized the content like let's say like all i want to do right because i keep saying that i want to get paid to be myself in an ideal world if i could wake up and do anything with my life i wouldn't work i would just go and speak to people and um learn about myself and challenge myself and see different parts of the world and I could very much do that now but I worry that if I do that now then I'm going to not have as much money as I want not be able to live the lifestyle that I want not be able to um luxuriate in the way I want to but also what is the actual consequence of that like I could I just live on less money like what would a life that wasn't so rooted in opulence look like for me like would I be a better person (laughs) Would I be less stressed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but the, I, I've That's conflated the risk of that so much that I'm kind of like, well, maybe I'll wait till I'm 30 to do that. Maybe I'll wait till I make this much more dollars. Maybe I'll wait till someone's time. Yeah. Um, but yes, I didn't learn that about myself in therapy. I learned that from having conversations like this. And that's why I kind of wonder... Again, why people are so drawn to these different modes of like self-assessment is because like rooms or like environments like therapy finally allow you to think about yourself um, and your place in the world in this way. Like you refuse to have these discussions mm. with your friends and your family members and your partners. And so therapy feels like a safe space where you can finally do this shit. Have these conversations that anyway. That should have been doing. Absolutely. Because once you ask yourself, you know, what what do you do anything for? Like, what do you think your purpose is? And if you don't have purpose, why do you ascribe to, like, the way society wants you to? Why have you opted into capitalism? What are the consequences if you opt out? And once you figure that for yourself, go and ask your best friend. Go and ask the person you think you know the the most in this entire world. And ask them what they would do. And then go ask your parents. You'd be very surprised. I don't know if that will just, like, encourage you to spiral some more. But, um... You're better off knowing than not well, I knowing. I think everyone needs to spiral a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> spiral a little bit instead of just living like a robot, you know? <laughs> um, life is too short. But I think generally, I don't think I would knock therapy as a whole because my experience has been online therapy and I don't think that's indicative of what therapy is for a lot of people. I know a ton of people who've attributed it to, to most of their growth as people. I just think that yeah generally um we as a society are quick to self-diagnose um and quick to um attribute solutions to problems that we've made up and so generally like i was sitting here being like if i just go to a few sessions of therapy i'm gonna find all these ways to deal with myself i'm gonna be able to like make better habits and i didn't really learn that so does it mean therapy wasn't successful no it just means that i didn't do my research i had expectations of solutions that therapy was never going to give me so Mm. i do think everybody should try it at least once like i'm still going to go and try out like in real life therapy and measure it up against online therapy because i think there's never enough you can do to keep developing yourself like you need to keep growing exactly 
And I think like try different things too mm -hmm. and see how all of them can intersect to make you more sane. Because ultimately there's nothing more important than your mental and emotional well-being. Absolutely. So like try out being a spiritual hoe, see how that... If it's, you know, astrology, like, let that be your thing. If it's being a witchy bitch, like, let that be your thing. Just, like, try <laughs> out different things. <laughs> what do you think is the most immediate thing that we can all do right now um, to help us, like, just be more sane and be happier? Like, for Ooh. me, I think the one thing I would tell everyone to do is to monitor their social media use. Mm. Because I... I really think that it's not healthy for anyone, regardless of whether you have 8 billion followers or not. I just think it's not. And I also think the culture of influencers, this might be an unpopular opinion. I think the culture of like influencers is unethical in the sense that not showing like a full three-dimensional view of your life, like only showing a highlight reel, is low-key unethical because it sets people up for unrealistic expectations and failures. And, like, it's not anyone's responsibility to be a saint. But I also think, like, everyone who is just, like, an influencer and only has a highlight reel is low-key fucking everyone up. Though I agree and think mm. influencer culture is trash, I do argue that, the behaviors of influencers and the behavior of general social media users aren't too dissimilar. I mean, I don't know any real people out there who aren't only showing me the highlight reels of their life. The girl with yeah. 400 followers showing me only when she's going to the beach looking real sexy, only when she's at a wedding looking That's super real. cute, only when she's at her best friend's birthday party. I don't think anybody, influencer or not, paid or unpaid, is doing a very good job at showing the real intricacies of being a person. I don't think influencers are to blame. I do think there's, there's something to say about commodifying it, though. But mm. currency isn't the only value exchange either. So I would argue that everybody's commodifying in a different way. And yes, the reach of an influencer they should be held accountable for how they do that too. But I don't think these hoes out here who are using social media unpaid, which I also think is dumb because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't use <laughs> I social know, I media before I was building a brand because I could see that it was dumb. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> those of you who haven't capitalized on that, I can't, I don't think you can blame those who have for doing so. I just think that some okay, people have yeah, found an opportunity real. and others have not. And, Honest and how you like what I see on my social media feed isn't what you see. So I do think people should need to be held responsible for how they curate as well. But I agree, monitor your mm. social media use. But absolutely, it's what tricky. else can we do to stop being depressed? Um, <laughs> I think the first else. thing that every single person should do today, whether you're a skeptic or not, is to do a personality test. I mm -hmm. found it really, really hard to assess myself before I did personality tests because I'm biased to my own behavior. Of course, I didn't think I was inherently negative or self-centered or whatever until I was able to, or I was able to sort of communicate how I saw myself and have those results reflected back at me. That was such a really telling exercise. And I encourage anybody who spent a lot of time with me to do their personality test because I need to be able to, to understand how you see yourself versus how I see you as well. I'm really interested in, in the blind spots people have. You know, 
all you hoes out there swear that you're such good communicators, that you never judge anyone, <laughs> that you're not prejudiced, that you're not racist, that you're not sexist, that you're not homophobic. But look at the world we're in. You all swear you're inherently good. Yeah, <laughs> I see you bitching every day. I see you gossiping. I see you judging. Like, and th- all those are not bad things. I'm just saying that people have a lot of blind spots to their behavior. And the sooner that you are able to assess yourself in a critical way, and I don't think very many people are able to do that without the help of somebody else. And granted, you don't have the money to ask somebody else. So do a personality test. And obviously don't take ev- all the all the information you get thrown back at you as gospel. But it is a really great place to start with understanding what self-assessment is. Because you ask and like... People struggle with it all the time when you're like in job interviews talking about what's your strength? I care too much. No, you don't. What's your strength? <laughs> I always want to get a job done to the best of my ability. What's your weakness? Um, I just always want the job to be done really well. Like, no, 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 no. Do a personality test. You'll be surprised what you find out about yourself. Well, I think that's all we have time for yeah. today. So thank you guys for listening to this very short episode. But, you know, I feel like we didn't get specific questions on mental health. So that would be helpful if you guys have like specific questions that you'd like to know about specific things. We can definitely do a Q&A. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Bobo and Flex. We also have a YouTube channel called Bobo and Flex TV. So go follow that and um subscribe we're on spotify soundcloud apple Podcasts, and we'll see you in the next episode thank you for listening all the way to the end of this episode i hope you enjoyed don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash bobo and flex to support us and get a bunch of cool perks like being a guest on a future episode like getting bonus episodes getting annotated notes live video discussions with me and flex all of that and more you will get if you become a patreon (laughs) and don't forget to head over to our facebook group it's free it is free just head over to facebook.com slash groups slash bobo and flex we love you we appreciate you thank you for supporting us the community is growing we're all flourishing and now we can just all take it to the next level so thank you for your support and i'll see you on patreon on facebook on instagram of course and we'll see you in the next episode bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.